This is Marianne Fontaine, the world's finest semi-professional wrestler, and you're listening to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling Podcast. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. I'm Dean Hill. See you at ringside. All right, everyone. Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling is on the air. Here we are back for another episode. Myself, Dangerous Dan Colley, and the professor, Jimmy Street. What up, what up? This is like the OG version of the show. Uh, we are currently missing our third tag team partner. But, yep. uh, yeah. Freebird rule. Yeah, that's why it's there, right? We got that always. So <laughs> exactly, man. And, you know, but we do need him for when we face uh, uh, I don't know, Dark Order next week. I don't know who's in the next set of uh, of trios tag matches, but you get the point. You're lying. You know exactly who's in those matches. I actually okay. I, I don't, actually but... don't. I mean, I know. Uh, I think it actually. I think it is Trustbusters versus Best Friends. I think is the next one. For Friday night, oh, I think. Okay, Trustbusters. What the <laughs> is that? Yeah, yeah. I just I check it out. All right. So <laughs> okay. All right. So the Hammerjack episode last time was a blast. Except I, I have a, I have a question to ask you, Jimmy. I'm not. You know him better than I do, obviously. Sure. Do I? I got heat with him now. I mean. <laughs> I think you actually so the thing was is you brought up a title and you know for a guy like Hammerjack he smells blood so mm-hmm. no you don't have heat it's just a joke but for a lot of you that don't hear all of our stuff because I edit out some of the things in the show you know between the segments Dan said all right if you want to do an angle let's work an angle and then Hammer turned it up a notch for sure, but yeah. So uh, inadvertently for Tracy, I think Dan is the one that has to fight for the belt. I I don't know. (laughs) I hope not. Well, that's fine because I'm on almost all of the episodes, so I have to have more downloads total Sure. Hammerjack, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's exactly the point. Yeah. We should should be fine. But no, in all seriousness. We'll be all right. Thanks. Yeah. Thank Hammerjack again for coming on last time. It was, it was really awesome. Uh, A super good dude. If you, if you haven't heard that episode yet, finish this one, then go back and listen to that one because um, not only does he have a lot to talk about in the pro wrestling but he has a lot to talk about kind of in life and, and real good dude. Love to have him on again. Talk about some more stuff. Um, you know, yeah. And and so far, I believe the only northerner to be on the show. 
Yeah, true. Nor, you know, he was born in the north. I mean, but you know, it's kind of crossed the lines there. But so let me kind of say something here because you know, I, I see like Hammerjack and I see Chris Michaels and I see Jeremiah Plunkett. I see you know Marion Fontaine, for example, and all these mm-hmm. people. That's the whole point of this show to me. Now, again, we're three of us. We have three different ideas, and I love that because we can we can make all those ideas work because you know that's kind of when we're building a show and putting it together we're kind of coming with ideas that you know kind of tickle our fancy so dan may want to talk to somebody jared may want to talk to somebody and i may want to talk to somebody and the cool thing is is we can do that you know a lot of people you know say like why don't you do goldberg or why don't you talk about undertaker why don't you talk about like big names because here's my reasoning on that everybody talks about those guys so mm-hmm. yeah you know when when you have people like Chris Michaels, who is the guy that put a lot of those guys over and guys like Hammerjack, who didn't quite burst through the glass ceiling, you know, that or that brass ring or whatever. I want to celebrate those dudes, you know, Plunky right now, who's trying his best to be there. So to me, that's kind of my idea. I don't think I've ever said that, but I've kind of felt that. And, and, you know, whenever you see a person's name that you don't know, click on it, man, listen to it. Their story's great too. You don't have to just hear about the Goldbergs or the or the John Cena's of the world, you know, the Roman Reigns. We don't, you know, I would rather tell the story of the man that never got his story told. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing to it. I mean, obviously, for those of you that have listened to all the episodes, you know, Jared and, and, and Jimmy, obviously brothers, very similar in their taste and ideas when it comes to professional wrestling. And, and I'm kind of the wild card of, of the three of us, I think, but it's one of those things where, you know, yeah, obviously I, I, like I said, again, I'm AEW Mark. There's the music. So I'm an AEW Mark. Obviously there's the music. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and I, and I love that and stuff too. But like I said, you know, last time all professional wrestling that needs, you know, I don't want to say all, okay. Honestly, there's probably a handful that probably doesn't don't need to be necessarily doing this, but sure. The, the thing is, you know, I've seen some people, but like professional wrestling from all levels, you've got to love it, want to do it. You're not going to go out there and just throw yourself out the ground, you know, for shits and gigs. You, you're not going to do that. Unless so you're like superhuman or something, that yeah, dude, like, whatever. Yeah, whoop, whoop. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, my point though, is everybody, whether you've seen them, whether you haven't, whether you know them, like, like you said, they have a story. Yeah. It's fantastic. And we want to hit on all facets of professional wrestling. Let me no. just kind of put a little cherry on top of what you're saying there. If you guys trust us, enough to rattle on about every part of the wrestling business scenarios hypotheticals watch along whatever trust us enough to tell you when we have somebody on it's going to be entertaining i mean if we get a yeah. if we get a guest on and it's not entertaining you may not ever hear it because it may not be something that we want to put out there so <laughs> yeah yeah you know so anyway, uh, you know ahead. so like no no you're right exactly so like tonight's episode with marion fontaine not only are we going to talk to someone who is a professional wrestler right we're going to talk right. to someone who is a professional wrestling promoter there you and go. owner of his own company as well so you know we're going to talk a little bit about that he's got a 
awesome card coming up awesome. uh, this Sunday, as a matter of fact. And yeah. uh, I may have to make a, I don't know, it's less than two hours of drive, so I may actually have to get in the car. That's but, awesome. uh, you know, listen, listen to everyone's stories. You never know for the young people where an inspiration may may hit you. Yeah, exactly. You know, and you never know when the next big superstar where they're going to come. They all came through the system. Yeah. Well, okay. Most of them came through the system. Now there's a little bit of a different thing out there, but like, you know, your Ric Flair's, your, uh, Eddie Guerrero's, your, uh, even Cena and Batista and, and, and of course, punk and Jericho and all these people, they all came through the territory, the indie system. Yeah. And, you know, so we're talking to those folks now, who knows, uh, I don't know, uh, Plunky, hopefully, you know, gets a shot. You, you see him again on, on big TV. You saw him. Right. Yeah. What exactly? Ago? Yeah. I mean, he, he, you know, Plunky's always doing things right now. He and his tag team partner are up for the USA. They're doing the secondary tag titles for the NWA now, you know, I mean, are there too many tag titles? I don't care. I'm glad for my friend, you know, so. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Because yeah. I mean, let's, I mean, let's be honest here. Pro wrestling titles maybe don't mean that you're the the toughest or the fastest or whatever but they do mean a ton no one that has a promotion at whatever level is just going to hand you a title belt to be the face of that company or the face of that division or whatever if they don't have any faith and trust in you you have to still earn that now yeah you you know predetermined finishes and things like that, but you have to earn the position to carry that belt. Absolutely. So, so the fact that Plunky and them are going to, are going for that title, that is huge because it means that they have proven themselves to be those that you can really depend on. And that's amazing. I, I'm, I'm so happy and proud for them. I'm so happy and proud for uh, Mike and bad omens for, for carrying straps. Absolutely. Totally, totally amazing. Totally, yeah. totally amazing. So, Jimmy, um, as we get ready to talk to Marion here in just a few minutes, is there anything you want to, I don't know, bring up or any kind of uh, housekeeping or anything like that you want to uh, address? I mean, we had a great show with Steve Rosenthal. We had a great show with the tag team extravaganza. Y- you know um, what? You know what? Speaking of Rosenthal, thank you for the setup. I just, minutes before we went on this live well, life for us show they unveiled the box art and the packaging yeah. for Bruiser Brody. It's awesome. I know, isn't it? I just oh. I posted it on oh. the, the socials. So yeah, it's super cool, man. And Power Town Wrestling, get get on get on board. Get on board. They look amazing. Absolutely. If you're a collector, it's it's time. And they look, I, they haven't said the price point. And that's one thing I really regret not asking Steve. But the thing is, as he said in the interview, he said, we're going to announce the price point. So I don't even know if he would have told us. But, sure. you know, he dropped that they're going to be at New York City Comic Con on our show, which was kind of cool. So, yeah. you know, that was kind of cool. He, they missed San Diego. But, yeah, they're, they're going to be on New York City. So, yeah, you know, we've got a really cool working relationship with Power Town and Relativity Media and all that team over there. We've got some future Hall of Fame, you know, opportunities coming up that are going to be exciting for us and every absolutely absolutely and and, and that's the thing like you said we're not going to just talk to all the big names that 
you may hear. If you want to listen, hey, if you want to listen to people talk to, I don't know, Road Dog, Jesse James. If you want to hear people talk to, mm, I don't know, Al Snow. I don't know. Throw a couple names that you might know, Jimmy. I mean, Sin Bodie, Steve Kern. You know. Yeah, if great. you want to listen to those, listen to Jimmy's other show, our cousin show, which is Live and in Color with Woofy D. So I like it. Yeah, you plug. see how I did there for you. Like that? I'll send you five bucks right now. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Well, you had to tag me in sometimes. So, <laughs> all right, we're going to uh, we're going to jump off here and we're going to take a quick commercial break. So when we come back, we're going to be talking to the world's most famous semi-professional wrestler and the handlebar <laughs> haberdasher. Marion Fontaine. Hey guys, this is Wolfie D from PG-13. Check out my podcast, Live and in Color with Wolfie D, every Monday at noon. We're talking Memphis, we're talking ECW, WCW, WWF, everywhere that I've been. We even have some great guests, some Hall of Famers on the show with us. Every Monday, Live and in Color with Wolfie D. If you're a pro wrestling fan, there's something for everyone at the Cheap Heat TV Podcast Network. From the Pro Wrestling Discussion Show, Cheap Heat TV Live, to the Interview Show, the Jackson Interaction Podcast with the king of all wrestling media, Gene Jackson. To the silliness of the Whitey Jenkins Show and the brand new Zip, Xander's Irresistible Podcast with Charles Anders. You can check them all out and much more over at CheapHeatTVLive.com. All right, folks, welcome back to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. Jimmy, we have a, a very special guest on the show, and this particular individual not only is the world's finest semi-professional wrestler, he's also uh, the owner of a wrestling organization and promoter. We will talk a little bit more about that here in a while. But ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Marion Fontaine. Hey, the applause to you yeah. all the, <laughs> and getting piped in. Absolutely. Yeah. We're just, yeah, we're, we're acting like this is a WWE show and we're just piping the sound. It's no problem. <laughs> a, re- a resounding ovation. People are yeah. standing. I know it's not a visual medium, but trust me, they're standing right now. They uh, are. Yeah. Look, look at them all. Uh, yeah. They're everyone's on hey the guys. Front, So hey, hey, sit down in the front. All right. <laughs> so, um, you know, we talked a little bit before we started recording about uh how long you've been in the business and things but go ahead and let's let's do the cliche stuff let's start off with how you got interested in professional wrestling and uh who trained you and kind of uh the start of your story please oh yeah it's a it's a pretty fun one i'll try and truncate it because i could talk and talk um but you know i grew up when backyard wrestling is really big uh you know those best of backyard wrestling tapes came out in about the mid to late 90s and right. that's when i was in uh, middle school uh, so it was kind of like a perfect time, right? Added, the Attitude Era was right in around that that same area. And so uh, my best friend, Travis, and I uh, used to just mess around in the backyard. And then uh, his parents saw that it was something that we really were into. And they built a 16 by 16 ring in his backyard. Wow. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... He and and it wasn't like a standard ring because, well, at the time, I mean, you know, the Internet was still like 
pretty early on in terms of like how you're getting information easily, you know, like downloading things and whatnot. And I'm pretty sure there were some plans online that you could like follow for other, the other people that had already built rings in their backyard. Like there were a few promotions that were kind of like, well known, uh, uh, one guy, uh, Claude Merrow, AKA ruckus. He had from like CZW and all that. They had a very popular promotion that I think maybe we got the, plans from or something i can't remember but anyway his parents built him a 16 by 16 ring in the backyard we actually bought they bought real ropes so that was one of the parts that was actually real now a lot of rings will have like suspension underneath not all of them do but to tighten the ropes that part we couldn't really figure out because it was a it was an actual like a frame we didn't have like uh, it built like a normal ring where you have posts that go all the way to, to the ground. This is actually like a base built into the ground. Yeah. So we to make that suspension happen with the ropes, he lived in the woods. And so what we did is we each corner was tied to a tree. And that's <laughs> how we got the that the, the suspension and the tension to work on those on those ropes. And that's... so it's pretty crazy, right? Pretty <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. But and there are a few like there is some like photo evidence of that. I'll have to I'll have to find it. I know I've got it on my hard drive somewhere. Some nice. photos way back then. Yeah, we'll share um, that with the group for sure. So. Yeah, I'll I'll when I, when we're done, I'll I'll see what I can find and and, and show you guys because I remember there was a, a few and you can share share it and show people. Yeah. Uh, so that that's kind of how it got started, and we were doing backyard wrestling, and like I said, at that time. When people would say that, the connotation was like fire and barbed wire and all that. And we were still kind of young. And for the most part, our parents were very active in what we wanted to do. They knew that this was crazy, but they still were like, you know, making sure that we weren't doing any of that nuts, Nazi kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah. Right. right. So we, we all grew up watching WWF and WCW and so and ECW. And we were more focused on putting on a show. Yeah, like we we wanted to focus on like stories and characters and show names and the art behind it, and uh, you know we had our entrance. At one point, my buddy's dad built a lot of stuff for him that was really cool. One of the things that they did is they took like a rotisserie motor, and they like put uh, an old satellite dish and they spray painted it, and so it said HWF Hardcore Wrestling Federation. And they spray painted the satellite dish, and so it would spin in the entrance way, just all the nice. way around. So there's some like that's cool pretty stuff. cool. Yeah, I mean for backyard work, that's actually yeah. pretty uh, pretty good production. How often did they win coolest parents of the year awards? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they they really. I mean, it became a whole thing. We had we had people travel from all over to to come and do our shows because there was like a message board, and so we made a lot of contacts. Some of my best friends uh, came out of it. You know, a lot of people that I backyarded with, I still wrestle with. Ricky Shane Page, uh, R. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, we we go. We've known each other since teenagers, uh, and so he was one of the guys that was there doing it. And uh, we ended up getting on the Toledo news because where I grew up, we were pretty much right in between Toledo and Cleveland. And uh, I remember the newscaster coming out because they were trying to kind of do an expose. I'm like, what are these kids doing in the backyard? Sure. 
come to find out, they're like, oh, my gosh, this is like a production. And so they kind of had to spin the story to be like, wow, these kids are like really trying to do something here. Yeah, a lot of the stories back then, too, you saw in the news was like kids hitting each other with two by fours and getting killed in the backyard. And, you know, and you guys were like, no, no, we're not. No, we're just doing a show. You know, we capes and and, and lights and such and uh, occasional uh, elbow drops. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. One hundred percent. And so, uh, you know, this this happened pretty much kind of through high school, maybe a little bit of college or so. Uh, But then some of the people, like I said, uh, Ricky, they're a few years older than us, like about two years old or something like that. And that's all Ricky's ever wanted to do is, is be a be a professional wrestler. And so they started going to a place in Cleveland uh, that uh, a no, a well-known promoter back then called JT lightning. He ran a school. Uh, he also trained Josh prohibition M dog 20 and Johnny Gargano. They yep. kind of all came out of there. Uh, Ricky and a few other guys would go from Sandusky up there. They train and then they'd come back and show us kind of some of the stuff. They'd be like, Hey, here's what we learned tonight. Like, here's what we learned. Nice. nice. Yeah. So was that Cleveland all pro at the time? Yeah, that would, yep, that would have been Cleveland, yeah. Cleveland All Pro, and so uh, they did that for a little bit. But then they ended up finding a, stu- a school closer to Sandusky uh, in Illyria, which is about halfway, and that's Mega uh, Championship Wrestling. And so that's where I ended up going to train under uh, a guy by the name of Chris Cole, who actually I just recorded a video for him today. He's turning forty, so uh, nice. yeah. So um, and. We had gone when I was in high school to a show or two there because they would do these shows in Jamie's Flea Market, which is like a pretty well-known flea market in northern Ohio. Um, And I didn't know it at the time, but like, you know, Chris Hero, uh, who's originally from like the Dayton area, he spent a lot of time early on in MCW uh, and also showed, you know, my trainer, Chris Cole, a lot of things. And so he kind of like was a mentor to my trainer, Chris Cole. So, um, so yeah, did that in mega championship wrestling train, train there, did a few shows before that, um, with some other friends that were, were putting on shows. So trained there at mega championship. And then much since 2005 have been pretty consistently wrestling, did stuff before that, but, Probably, you know, hit the ground running since then in this wild world of, of wrestling. Yeah. So like you were saying, you've got almost 20 years in at this point. Yeah. My first, my first match, uh, in front of like a paid audience was December of 2002. And that was other friends that we had that they were running backyard shows and they just ended up actually buying a ring. They bought a ring and they started doing their own shows with some guys that were trained, some other guys that were friends in the backyard or whatever. And so their very first show is at this really cool venue called the Beachland Ballroom. And uh, I can't remember, I think the exact date's like December 1st or something like that. But we lied about our age to get on the show. Me and my buddy. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like you do. We just yeah, right. turned 18. Uh, when in reality, we just turned 17. <laughs> uh, and so we we got on that show and uh there still is footage of it and it's just like i don't know what i was thinking i mean i was 17 <laughs> you know what i mean but like i'm in a white cutoff shirt basketball shorts and i think i had like a white beanie that i came out to with or something like that it was always the showman back on yeah sure <laughs> yeah so you you talked a little bit about like um 
uh, Cleveland All Pro area up there. Uh, Elyria. My wife's actually from uh, the Wellington area. Okay. And Oberlin area. So I know I know the flea market you you speak of, and <laughs> yeah. uh, you know you're talking about Chris Hero, and and you know Ohio is a actually a pretty hotbed, pretty good hotbed of professional wrestling um, here in Columbus. You know within. 45 minutes we've got you know uh three i think i want to say three off the top of my head anyway different promotions here going on so you grew up in a, a pretty good place to be able to uh to, to follow you know your dream of being a a, a semi-professional wrestler <laughs> and um so that's awesome that's that had to help quite a bit yeah, there was there was a lot of uh, promotions scattered around um, scattered around that area, Cleveland, um, you know, in the, in the suburbs around there. So, like when I was getting my start, uh, you know, you would do um, Mega Championship, right? you do MCW in the Elyria area. You go to Cleveland for Cleveland All Pro. There were, uh, was a promotion down in like Alliance, which is like down by Canton. Uh, OCW, in, which now runs in Akron, but they used to run in Coshocton, in that area a lot more, so Central Ohio area. Sure, so there sure. was a there was a lot of places, and that's not including HWA or um, you know other places down in Cincinnati. Um, there was always different spots to go. I feel like the, for the folks that were coming up in and around Cleveland, a lot of those guys would kind of wrestle in Cleveland and then in Pittsburgh. And then maybe also like Erie, PA or Buffalo. That was kind of like your your area at the time. There wasn't really a whole lot of wrestling going on in Toledo or Detroit. Uh, so you kind of like centered it in that area. But yeah, I mean, starting out in, you know, you had a, a lot of like work, even just in those small little little places. Like I said, in the in the early years, you know, I'd probably wrestle almost every weekend starting out, you know. Or yeah, not, you know, two times a weekend or something like that. Well, I mean, that's that's always I've always heard that's the important part of getting reps in the ring, getting to work people, getting to work better people than you are so that you can learn from them as you go. And and, you know, what an opportunity that you've had presented to you to be able to do, to do something like that. Yeah. Then there was a lot of talent there that was coming up at the, the same time that was great to like. Uh, you know, learn at the same time too, you know, but yeah, you're just trying to get reps where you, where you can. And I mean, you definitely know the people that you kind of click with in the ring and then the other people and not, not so much. Uh, but yeah, I was really, really fortunate. Like you said, Ohio has a lot of, uh, I mean, historically has a lot of great talent that, that's come out of it, especially in the independent scene in the last, you know, 15, 20 oh, years. Yeah. Tons yeah. Of- I, I could name a ton of people right now that people would know on TV, uh, yeah. uh, from the state. So it's, it's pretty outstanding. And you talked about HWA for a second. I grew up outside of Cincinnati in Northern Kentucky. So yeah, I, I remember the Pillman shows going to those Memorial shows and things. Cause I'm old, I'm 46. <laughs> so, um, you know, so I went to those shows and, and met the Hardys and saw flair and all this stuff, you know, and uh, you know, that's, that's an important thing. We want to make sure that we push here on this show is that professional wrestling is everywhere. You just have to look for it a little bit. And, you know, maybe you don't get to see Mania. Maybe you don't get to see AEW. Maybe you don't get to see TNA or whatever. But, you, you know, you can go watch people and you can watch people that are really talented and take their craft very seriously anywhere. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I know we'll talk about 
old wrestling, but this is a yep. favorite story kind of of mine where, you know, like you said, you just, you never know what you're getting into necessarily. And I know sometimes it's harder for fans that like maybe watch WWE or AEW, like the larger scale productions might not be as easy for them to like go to an independent show just because they're not familiar with it. You know, it's just like, Oh, you know, I don't know how that's going to be. I usually like to go to the big arena shows or whatnot, but uh, a friend of mine who has gone to a, a number of old wrestling shows is a big supporter. His name's Jason. Uh, he talks about this free festival show that we did uh, in northern Ohio a couple of years ago that I put on. And it was free to the public. You know, the, the city puts on the festival every year. They wanted to have wrestling be a part of the entertainment. And so this was in, I think, 2018 or 19, 2018. And so MJF, uh, I've known him for a while. And so I had him on the show. And so my buddy Jason is like, he, he tries to convince some of his other friends that are kind of wrestling fans, you know, that like will watch AEW like, hey, you should go to these small shows. And he, he tells them, like, if you would have went to the show, you could have saw MJF for free. At <laughs> exactly. A you know, <laughs> so you never know with the independent shows what you're you're getting. So it's kind of like, hey, if, if you see something in your area and if the night's free, you know, go support because, you know, like that's a huge thing for independent wrestling is like. It's it's definitely seen any ticket sale that you have happen. It's definitely like felt and seen from people. Yeah, that's very cool, man. You know, one thing that I love about the independents, I love about the big guys, I love about any wrestling promotion are the gimmicks, man. So I got to ask, brother, tell me about your gimmicks. Now, what was your first gimmick? What <laughs> led into the semi-pro wrestler gimmick? I'm loving that gimmick, by the way. It's the most honest gimmick I've actually ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, originally, I mean, I've always been pretty skinny. I'm pretty lean pretty lean guy that's sure. never really, really changed uh too much i don't know I'm, you know getting up there but uh when i started out i was actually under a mask because <laughs> i feel like it's very normal to happen in the midwest where it's like oh hey this guy can do a moonsault or a cross body we're gonna put a mask <laughs> on him and make him a sure. luchador because that yeah. makes yeah that sure. makes sense i could yeah. you know i'm the luchador sure whatever uh <laughs> So I did that. I did that for a little while, and uh, which is fine. But um, I think that people were in and around were like, you know, let let Justin talk, let Fontaine uh, talk. You know, don't put him under a hood. And I always loved being a bad guy. So you know, you'll hear from people. It's so much easier to be a bad guy than a good guy, which is true. It's easy to get people to hate you. Just not in wrestling, but in life, it's so easy. <laughs> you cut yeah, someone usually. off, they you know they hate you. It's it's a lot harder than uh, getting them to like you. So and from what I've found, the the heels are the better people too. Sometimes. So anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I, when, I, you, when you, you know. get to know them, yeah, they're just like, oh, actually, he's a real, real <laughs> So I was like, well, I'm, I'm a, I'm a bean, beanstalk, bean, but whatever, very, you know. But what if, um, what if we make these announcements before I come to the ring? What if we have the announcer say, hey, this next participant has, um, he was the arm double in Sylvester Stallone's Over the Top. This person has made Chuck Norris cry, uh, cry, not on one, but two occasions. And he's also <laughs> done that. Yeah. All these ridiculous accolades that you think, oh, man, this guy's going to be like 
huge, tough SOB. And yeah. then, you know, I don't, I don't know if we inflated my weight. I don't think we did that. I think it was just like, here are the things, blah, 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 blah. The mega star, like, oh, yeah, this guy's got to be a star. Yeah. Arian Fontaine. Then I come through the curtain and it's very gloating. And people are just booing immediately because they're just like, this is not what we expected. Yeah. Yeah. And we uh, were fired up for the new Ultimate Warrior guy or something. We we're ready for this. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Right. I, I, you know, I remember when we saw you work, uh, me and my buddies, and, and you come out and we're like, look at this guy. You know, we're like, this is. This is going to be great, you know? Were and you then one you of those get, guys, Dan, that's not cool, I, man. No, I was. I was. A, I, we had signs, too. Cause they had, when you walked in, they had poster board, and you could make your own signs. And I mm. think we had one that said, like, just kiss him or something. <laughs> and we were, right th- we were right in the front row, actually. And, and we were, like, I, we yelled at you a few times. And I think you yelled back and interacted and different things like that. I, at this point, I don't remember exactly uh, what happened. Um but yeah, you're right. A hundred percent. You walk out in that gimmick like that. And people are like, Oh, what, what's this Jack, you know, Jabron doing over here, goofing off. It's, it's yeah. The, the idea was to get an, a reaction the moment that I come out from the curtain. Right. So like, I haven't necessarily done anything in the ring yet to like influence your decision. But you, you already are like, yeah. You oh, this guy. Yeah. It, it, it's the same thing of like if you're in Cleveland and someone is like from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, booze raining. Instantly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That was like a tried trope, and I'm sure it works in other you know cities. If you're in Chicago, somebody from Green Bay or what, you know something like that. Um, so yeah, I did that for a while. Very cocky, uh, heel, you know, just very full of himself for no good reason for the most part. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But like you were, you were saying, Dan, I, you know, I'm very, I love to interact with the crowd whenever I can. And at a certain point, people were starting to be like, okay, this guy's like kind of lovable. We kind of enjoy this guy. So then I was kind of like, you know, a little bit of baby face here and there, depended on the promotion, depended on what they had, you know, going on. Um, I think some of the best like heel work that I did was for a promotion called Pro Wrestling Ohio. Also, uh, Prime Wrestling, um, which was a show that was actually on Sports Time Ohio for a mm-hmm. number of years. And so Joe Dombrowski was one of the people that was um, putting that on. But a lot, you know, Gargano was on it, Greg Iron, Josh Prohibition, a lot of, a lot of people were on that. Uh, so I did that character for a number of years. And, you know, um, there came a point where I was like, hey, I kind of want to do something different. And uh, a buddy of mine, wrestler buddy, Eric Ryan, uh, sent me a Heineken commercial. And the Heineken commercial was this guy, because I've had a mustache for most of my career, almost all of it, since about 2007 or so. So that that played a part in it, too, a lot in, in terms of, you know, merchandise, things like that. And um, Eric sends me this commercial of a guy with a big handlebar mustache, and he can't fit in anywhere. He goes out to a club, and people are looking at him weird. He goes somewhere else, people are looking at him weird. So then he's like walking by himself on a night and he sees like a light and it's in this warehouse. He opens the doors and it's a bare knuckle boxing. Uh, mm, I remember that commercial. Yeah. Did you remember? Okay. So he yeah, said, yeah, yeah. Commercial, and he's like, this is what you should do. And so I transitioned into this very old timey bare knuckle boxer pugilist character, which I don't necessarily really do anymore. I still got like hints of it, but probably when you saw me, Dan, I was still kind of doing that very kind of, you know, put your dukes up type uh, character. And that also was 
a whole lot of fun to to do that and uh you know we put together some videos for it to to introduce the new character so i did that for quite a while and then now it's just kind of like not doing that so much as being this very kind of like generic is as kind of semi-pro wrestler um now is where we've kind of landed yeah, I like that. I like that. I noticed this really cool thing, and I kind of am skipping ahead here, but not not that we can't go back. But I saw something really cool, man. I was looking at your merchandise, dude. Your prices are out of this world, by the way. Now, I, we'll let you put yourself over here in a oh, little sure. bit as far as your websites. But my God, man, how cool of you to actually price things that are actually affordable you know, in an almost ridiculous way, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, I think – most likely it's some stuff might have like maybe a little bit of low inventory here or there, I think. But in terms of like a lot of my merchandise, so um, for the most part, I'll usually print my own stuff because um, I'll do, I do kind of, you know, art is what, you know, my main, main driver is in terms of my career. So awesome. I, awesome. you know, I've pretty much made a lot of this stuff, my own art project. Okay, and so yeah. for a lot of it is just kind of like if I'm breaking even, I'd rather like just see it out there in the world and give it to people. Yeah, yeah it makes total than, sense. Yeah, you know, makes yeah. Total sense. And so that's kind of like where I've been. Not to say that it's, you know, like people should be making money, right? If there are guys on the grind and they're trying to make this happen, like definitely make your money. But I've sold enough T-shirts over the years that I'm just like, I, I know where I'm at. And like if – if you're going to buy something totally cool, I'll probably throw in some freebies. I do that a lot too. So like, even if you yeah. see something on the side, like you probably get a couple stickers and some other stuff that gets thrown in there. But, uh, yeah, it's just about kind of like getting, getting it out there for folks that still are interested in, in a Marion Fontaine shirt or, or whatnot. But yeah, trying to keep it reasonable for folks. I love it. I love it. It's a really fresh idea too of of keeping it at a level, you know, that I, I will say this. I bought so many t-shirts for wrestling in my life, and I've never seen them at, at such a great deal as yours. So once again, we'll let you plug all that at the end, but I just had to get that over because I was blown away by that. So yeah. All right. So we're gonna take another quick break then. Uh well, we gotta take the break so we can make a few bucks. Not that we make any bucks really. Uh, but we're gonna do that. When we come back, we're gonna talk to Marion Fontaine. We're gonna talk about old wrestling and the big show coming up this week. Hey, this is the one-man goldmine, the one-man enterprise of professional wrestling and all entertainment, Flynn Hendricks. And you better believe when I'm looking for a good podcast to listen to, I go to my own. I go to the I Know You Hear Me podcast hosted by me, Flynn Hendricks. That is such a fresh perspective for how you should look at life, too. Like, I just, I love that. And then when I'm feeling spooky, I go to my other podcast, Tales from the Haunt, where myself, yeah. I want my head shoved inside a 15-pound silicone mask more you know i want to have a bucket of sweat coming off me at the end of the night and just jeff dogs don't lay eggs <laughs> i hate you so much talk to other scare actors about what it takes to get into the world of scare acting so if you're curious about how people became professional wrestlers actors prioritized their mental health became entrepreneurs avoided burnout or got into scare acting, you need to go check out I Know You Hear Me and Tales from the Haunt, available on all podcasting platforms. And I know you hear me.
All right, folks, welcome back to give me back my pro wrestling. We are speaking with Marion Fontaine and, uh, we want to talk about old wrestling. So I'm actually going to go over here and turn on the, give me back my pro wrestling way back time machine. <laughs> <clears throat> give me a second here. And now I'll do the rest of the show like this here as we talk to the handlebar haberdasher Marion Fontaine about old wrestling. Yeah, so you're trying to get a job, aren't you? Sorry. <laughs> hey, yeah. Well, yeah. First of all, I always love doing that voice. And second of all, yeah, of course. Sorry, Mary. You see, so you've just been waiting for this. So sorry. Yes, he sorry. really has. Yeah, I, I absolutely have. I mean, for a few weeks now, I've been like, hey, man, I, uh, I can try to get a hold of this guy. And, you know. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, old wrestling started, uh, in 2013. Um, you know, I don't think wrestling necessarily needs more promotions, right? There's a lot, there is a lot of them. Uh, mm -hmm. and there, I always had an itch to, uh, do a show, um, to, to put on a show, but I knew that if I was going to do something, it would have to be different. Uh, I didn't want, I didn't want to do basically what everybody else was, was doing. Cause I just, and I'm not going to say that that was my mantra in my career, but I like to think that I've kind of carved my own path and how I wanted, wanted things to go. So I want to do the same thing with putting on a show. And, uh, like we were talking about at the time I was doing the, the bare knuckle boxing character, the fisticuffs and, uh, my girlfriend at the time and I were talking about it and she was like, you know, there are some other old time characters out there. What if <clears throat> there was a show that was a period piece taken back in time in like the 1920s? And then all of the characters are from the 1920s. And Love so it. that, yeah, we, we were just like, wow, let's, yeah, why not? You know, like, let's, let's give it a shot. So um, I've, I've said this on other podcasts many times before, but there were four core wrestlers that I was like, I have to have them for this show because at the time they were probably some of the more well-known old timey characters that were like in, in around the area. And, uh, it was Thunder Kitty, um, who's a female wrestler that does a, an old timey, um, female character has always done that has the claws of finish. Um, it's awesome. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Uh, and she's been around NWA ring of honor. Um, so <clears throat> thunder kitty, uh, Sue Jackson, who's a trainee of, uh, Billy rock was in, I think he was in the same class as, as Ruby Soho. He played like this very big bully character. Um, mm, nice, you know, menacing kind of character. He had a big handlebar mustache and suspenders and all that. Uh, third one was Dasher Hatfield who was uh, well-known yeah. in, in Chikara, uh, yeah. played an old-timey old King of Swing baseball. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. And uh, when he got unmasked, he was a Avery Good for a little while, and he actually just uh, had his last match, I think, a few months ago. Uh, and then the last one was the old-timer Jeff King, who I don't know if you guys are familiar with, but Jeff King is probably one of the greatest characters in independent wrestling history so yeah, i'm familiar with him yeah okay. he's awesome yeah jimmy yeah. knows him. so dan if you're not familiar or any of the listens listeners aren't familiar imagine a guy that's probably you know about 175 pounds 180 pounds 
you know, kind of a buzz cut, wearing an Andre singlet. And <laughs> and Andre singlet, no knee pads, boots, oh, nice. and, boots and uh, uh, socks that, you know, show a little bit over top of your boot, but no elbow pads, no knee pads, none of that. And he would come out and then his voice would be very gravelly. So it'd be like, this is Jeff King, the old timer. And his finisher was the bear hug. And that was like his <laughs> finisher. So Jeff's from Jeff's from Michigan. I've known him for a very long time. And he was like, got got to have this guy. And uh, Jeff's like in and out of wrestling. Like he's done um, some more deathmatch stuff recently, which is kind of interesting, you know, out of character for him. But also, I think probably adds to the allure uh, sure. of it. So he's done like some GCW stuff, I think, in the last couple of years. So anyway. Those are some of the characters that I was like, okay, I'd love to set the tone because people know them already as these old school characters. And then the rest of the card was kind of filling out people that uh, either I had ideas for what they would have been in the 20s or their character now is taken back into the 20s if we could do that. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a good example was like, uh, for the first couple of shows, Jock Sampson and Chuck Taylor teamed up as moonshiners from Appalachia. Yeah, uh, from that's Kentucky good. And, and uh, Jock Sampson's right on the river, West Virginia and Ohio. Yeah. So like that just makes sense for those guys, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so that's been a lot of the fun in, in doing these shows is working with people on uh, characters, like what they would want to do or what idea I might have for them. And I think for a lot of people, wrestlers specifically, they're just so excited to do something a little bit different than the norm of what they're kind of, you know, asked to do, whether it's what they're asked to do in the wrestling ring or asked to do character wise. This is something that's like, oh, I can show my range or I could just do, you know, it's almost like Halloween, I think, for people in a lot of ways where they're like, oh, I get to kind of be whatever I want. And so, yeah, absolutely. It's awesome. Yeah, so it's it's led to a lot of really fun and ridiculous things. I mean, you know, we change history a lot of the time. Years ago, we had a cage match, the first ever cage match in wrestling. Uh, <laughs> and it, it decided if Prohibition would end or continue in the United States. <laughs> so, you know. Very like, cool. Very cool. You couldn't get Hackenschmidt and Gotch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've been we've been trying to get we've been trying to get those guys for yeah the Gotch years. yeah yeah. Now yeah. please tell me for that match you had Josh Prohibition in that match for Prohibition. Prohibition is the one person I've been trying to get to do to do one of the shows. I've known him for a while and I've been trying to get him on board with with doing one of these shows because it would fit perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Be like an old bootlegger or something, you know, or whatever. Yeah, that'd be perfect yeah. for him. Teetotaling, you know, politician or like, you know, the Elliot Ness's right hand man, right? You know, one of yeah, there you go. Well, yeah, with Elliot Ness being from Cleveland, that would work out perfect for up there. So you have a yeah, so you have a big show coming up this Sunday. Yeah, so the show on Sunday is the uh, ninth extravaganza. So it's the ninth one that we've done. Uh, the extravaganza was the very first show that we ever did uh, that I was kind of talking about with some of those characters. And uh, it's in Norwalk, Ohio, which is about uh, 45 minutes or so um, west of, of Cleveland. Um, it's in the area that I grew up in. It's the same exact location that I saw my first independent show. Oh, that's and, awesome. uh, yeah. So I have a lot of like 
um, I have a lot of like fond memories of growing up where I did. And so I'd like to think that I'm able to afford the area, something cool and give the community like a, an interesting event that they might not otherwise get to see. Right. They might not be able to drive to Cleveland or drive to Columbus or afford it. And so, you know, doing it in the back, doing it in our own kind of backyard, so to speak, is really, really fun and exciting, especially for friends of mine and family that are still in the area that get to, you know, go to the show or, you know, be a part of it, um, I think is, is, you know, a fun story. And, you know, what's great is it still is, you know, easily like to commute, right? Columbus is maybe two hours away. Like hour and 45, I think. Yeah. Hour 45, you know, and we get fans that have, you know, not only do we get fans from all over, we'll get fans from Chicago, the East coast to, to come. Fans have started to dress up over the years. And mm-hmm. so if you're at an old wrestling event, you'll see people dressed like the, like it's in the 1920s. Women will be in dresses. Guys will be in suits. And, uh, so the extravaganza is kind of the the big show that we do every year. There's a few sh- other shows that happen throughout the year. We had one in Cleveland in June. We'll have one in Detroit at the end of October. But uh, the extravaganza is where we kind of pull out all the stops. Uh, there's a live ragtime band that actually plays wrestlers to the audi to the to the ring. There is no there is no like DJ. It's an actual band that will play you. Uh, Very cool. Awesome. That yeah. is awesome. So, Tell me your ring announcer uses the old big megaphone cone to to do the announcing. We we have done that at a f- at a few. The, some of the very first events, what we actually did is we rigged up the mic to drop on twine oh, from like sure. the, <laughs> from the top of the barn because sure. it takes place in a in a barn. So we try to set the tone as much as we can with those things, Dan. And yeah, we have one of those big megaphones uh, that we have like uh, an announcer that is kind of like during matches is kind of like getting people amped up and things like that. Mm-hmm. So we've got one of those old timey megaphones that's uh, being used. So if I ever book Jimmy Hart, I'm going to have to tell him, Hey, we got to go analog here. <laughs> <laughs> oh baby, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that. That's now that sounds like a blast. So for those of you that are close to it, please go. I may have to, guess I'll have to jump in the car, uh, Sunday and, and drive myself. Talk a little bit about, um, who's on this card yeah. and who you've had in the past. Like we talked about, sometimes you never know who you're going to see, uh, you know, in, in today's environment, especially, um, you, you, sometimes you just don't know. I mean, there was a time when, uh, mocks would just show up at places, yeah. you know, things like that. And so talk a little bit about who's on this show and who is going, who has been on the shows in the past. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I would say one of the headliners for this show is someone that used to do old wrestling shows years ago before she was signed to the WWE. Uh, and that's Ruby Soho. So Ruby Soho hasn't been on an old wrestling show probably about six years or so. But uh, luckily now with AEW, she is able to do shows like this and uh, whenever she wishes, I'm sure. But I've known her pretty much since she started. I was at the very first show that I think she had wrestled at. So we've had a great relationship over the years. I think it's amazing what she's been able oh, yeah. to, you know, accomplish. So, um, she'll be on the show. Um, some other fantastic talent, Matthew, Matthew Cross is on the show. He's been our, uh, world champion since the very first event. So, uh, we'll, we'll joke that he's the longest reigning champion of all time. And, uh, 
there's been there's been times that people like Matt loves to talk about it. He's been the champion for three thousand two hundred and forty six days, whatever it is. Sure. And uh, Matt will routinely share that on his on social media, and you'll inevitably inevitably get someone that says, "Well, Bruno San Martino was you know two thousand more days or something like that." I love to chime in and say. Who's Bruno San Martino? I've never heard of that person. <laughs> Your because, kids are gonna love him. <laughs> right, yeah, kids are gonna love because, like, yeah. in, like he hasn't been born yet. I don't think. Maybe right, like, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, right. so, so some people get the joke, some people don't. But yeah, Matt, <laughs> Matt's been the champion That's forever. Awesome. Um, hey, let me let me interject yeah. because one of my favorites is my old buddy Tracy Smothers, rest in peace. Oh, he was yeah. on he was on a wrestled a bear. He's he legendarily known for wrestling a bear all over the mid south, and you had him wrestling a bear. I loved it. It was so we, awesome. We did, yeah. We had, and I've uh, you know Tracy was booked a lot in Cleveland um, by by JT, and so. I was lucky lucky to be in the ring with with Tracy multiple times against him and, and teaming with him, and uh, you know I I still think about him a lot. And there's some great photos of when he he was there, consummate professional, one Absolutely. of the best people I've ever yeah. I've ever met in wrestling. From from the standpoint of that, like he's been everywhere. Yeah, yeah. he'll he'll do more than I would ever imagine or dream to do in professional wrestling. But when he shows up, he's the first person to say, like, what can I do? What do you need me to do? How can I, you know, help with help with the show? How can I? He's, he was so giving. And when you're a wrestler and you're on shows with like a lot of your idols or, or you know, people that you deemed as heroes when you were watching as a kid. Yeah. You can get let down a lot when you're in. Those oh, yeah. Rooms, seeing the behavior of, of a lot of those people. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, Tracy was never one of those one of those people. So I was I was so happy to have him uh, on the show. And uh, I've said this before on other interviews and in talking with people, but he gave the show one of the greatest compliments I could ever ask for. Uh, he wrestled the bear. Uh, Artie <laughs> Evans. Uh, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. And um, and he said he was like, Justin, man, you got to take this on the road. You you gotta go you gotta go to other places you gotta do this thing on tour man because it'll work and so yeah. I think about that a lot um, I don't think that'll ever happen because of my the stress involved <laughs> but sure. I, sure. I do love the idea that this man who was in WWF and WCW ECW Japan wherever he thought enough of this concept to say that you could you could make this work across the you know across the country in different in towns so. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I think about think about him fondly a lot. But yeah, Tracy Tracy did the show. He wrestled a bear on the show. You know what I mean? So he classic. He he got the concept, and he was totally is all. You know? um, yeah. yeah. But then on 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 this show coming up, like I said, RSP Ricky Shane Page, uh, well known independent wrestler, you know, Japan and, and England. He plays a Southern judge known as judge hugo so that's awesome <laughs> very different from his his normal character for sure he dresses in all white head to toe uh white shoes white pants white jacket everything yeah. um he'll be on the show um we've got some folks from the east coast too a young lady that's wrestling ruby soho known as uh, abby jane She's done a few, at least one or two dark matches for AEW and uh, Impact Wrestling. 
Um, and then there's just a lot of great local talent in in the Ohio, Pennsylvania area. You've got like folks like Derek Dillinger, Ziggy Haim, um, the main event. Um, those are guys out of uh, Pittsburgh. Um, Jock Sampson's on the show. You know, he's going to have his, his moonshine jug there as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, now, now, Jock doesn't do the, the dab elbow any longer, does he? I mean, is that kind of that's over now, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it's never, it hasn't, if he did it in old wrestling, it would probably be a trend setting. That's true. true. Given the credit, right? Jock could be the trendsetter. That's right. (laughs) So, yeah, he's there. He'll have his jug of moonshine. Um, Some other folks, Eddie Only, will be there. He's he's, a bit well known. Um, Then you've also got, uh, you know, another old timey character is Arthur MacArthur. He plays a strongman character that's kind of been coming up in the last. And then uh, the show is being headlined by a badge versus mask match. So uh, Dick Justice, uh, known <laughs> in old wrestling as Dick J. Lehart, uh, plays kind of a crooked police officer or uh, federal agent. And he's trying to get to the bottom of who Buster Buckaroo is. Buster Buckaroo is a masked cowboy. And he's been evading the law. And so that is going to headline the show. It's kind of been going going on for a little while, uh, the animosity. But so those uh, those guys are going to going to headline the show, which should be uh, a great, great meeting. So I tell you what, if that doesn't make you want to go see old wrestling, then just this is I don't know why you're listening to this podcast at this point then, because wrestling is for everyone. It, it absolutely is. It's the superhero in the comic. It's the the jughead in the comic it's the, the the professional athletes it is actors it's it's everything i've always thought that professional wrestling is one of the purest forms of entertainment for the fact that you get everything you know people like to see real you know tough burly guys out there fighting you got that you want to see uh, you know, you want to see a little bit of uh, comedy in it. You've got that in wrestling, you know, it's so to hear that you've created an entire company and, and brand around an idea of, Hey, this could be cool. And you know, I, that is, that's amazing. That's refreshing. And I absolutely love the fact that you did that because again, like I said, there, you know, we were inundated so long with one brand of wrestling that was readily available to other people. This is what we were talking about earlier. Wrestling is for everyone. There's your flavor of whatever it is. It's out there. You just have to look a little bit. Yeah, no, I couldn't say it better, Dan. Old wrestling is kind of the exact. I think it's the promotion of this podcast. Now, of course, Dan and I would technically be reporters on an AM radio, but old wrestling is the exact promotion that would represent this, this podcast. Cause give me back my pro wrestling. You cannot get more, you know, than old wrestling. I mean, so, you know, you guys, anytime you have something that's going on, shoot us a message. We'll promote it for you, man. You know, anytime. Oh. No, like, yeah, when when you guys, uh, you know, asked and I was going through the episodes, I was like, oh, I think these guys are going to enjoy it because, you know, you're talking about the tag team spectacular things like like all the classic stuff. Right. And yeah. so yeah. we we try to do like a nice blend. Right. Like I, there are rules in old wrestling. I'm not going to peel the curtain back 
too much here, but I'm I'm very stringent on rules, and I believe that that helps in creativity. Uh, yeah. It really it really does. And so we blend that with some ridiculousness, right? The right levels of it. Like my buddy plays William Howard Taft, right? And <laughs> like, like, yeah, sure, of course. Elected, Why not? Yeah, why not? We just elected him the U.S. Secretary of Slams. So yeah. like, there's that hilarity. But at the same time, too, he like at the last show was enforcing like rules on the referee, right? So we kind of were doing this blend of like, we know that William Howard Taft is you know not alive and well. <laughs> but we want people to be immersive in that experience while also, sure. while also like having a little bit of classic wrestling mixed in there where, where, you know, where we can. So I tell people all the time, you know, this is this show is the three stooges with body slams. It's a lot of like what you guys were saying, Dan, Jimmy, like it's that it's the performance art aspect of, of wrestling. And yeah. so I'm just as happy to get, non-wrestling fans into the show as diehards are because totally you know i i want it to be like this is something that you can bring your family to diehard wrestling fans can get a different change of pace with it um you know and just have a real enjoyable time i just i love hearing the booze and the cheers and fans fans do get into it and that's what i didn't expect uh but i was hopeful that we could create something and it's it kind of gone beyond what my expectations uh, were so yeah i it's it's been a, a great event and fun fun ride for sure so i'll definitely take you up on that anytime yeah. please Ab- please okay. do i mean i'm thinking the two people that i would love to have seen work in in that promotion would have been i think andy kaufman would have 100 percent got it yeah from day one, I think he would have just ate that up, you know, hearing what I've heard about him and William Regal. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, you know, that's yep. where he started. He started in the, you know, the carny style of wrestling on the pier, you know, and that's, you know, every time I hear you talk about this or what I've seen about this and everything else, that's what it really makes me feel is, you know, we're going to go to the pier, have some peanuts, pay a dime for, you know, to get into the show, see that, you know, take my girl, my best gal on the tilt a whirl and get a chicken dinner. I just, I, you know, I love that time frame anyway. I'm a big nerd when it comes to that kind of stuff anyway. So, you know, when I hear, Oh, I can go watch old timey wrestling. Yeah. Okay. Just fabulous. Fabulous. So as we go ahead and wrap things up here, I'm going to go ahead and let you plug all your socials and everything. Of course. Um, you know, I, I personally, like I said, I want to thank you for being on the show. Uh, absolutely, you know, been, been a blast. I'd love to have you back on and talk a little bit more about maybe, uh, how the sausage is made as far as what it takes to actually put on the show, how that all kind of works. I mean, to whatever extent you want to talk about and, yep. Um, cause I think, you know, that's another aspect of professional wrestling that I think, you know, you've got the people on the internet that would be like, you know, dot, 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 Cena sucks enter or whatever it might be. Right. All right. Well, he doesn't, <laughs> he absolutely doesn't. You have no idea what, I mean, I, like I said, I've never been behind the curtain. I've never been in the ring. I don't, I don't even know what it all entails. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I think portions of that would be good for the populace. I think small doses of, and then so you go, Oh, Oh, okay. I see what they're doing now. 
Yeah. So if you'd like, I think eventually I'd like to, to do something like that sometime. Yeah. So let's explain to Marion first social media. It's a meeting yeah. place in the future on electronic <laughs> devices. Right. Right. Okay. We, we don't I'm, use typewriters anymore. I'm positive. You'll be very popular on there once it happens. Okay. So, you know, whenever and the whole idea of the internet I know is way beyond you right now, brother, but just keep in mind, it's going to be there. So if you promote it now, it'll be there in the future for you. I promise. Okay. So almost like instant telegrams is what we're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like yeah, the, the exactly. telegraph. It's almost like doing the telegraph with like Western union, but it's a little more instant. Right. It's a gathering <laughs> sure. place of, of, yeah, of exactly. Yeah. So. Turn the Marconi machine on and go ahead. Yeah. In terms of Marion Fontaine, there's a there's some social things here and there, but you know you can always just go to semiprowrestler.com, uh, and that's you can you can email me. I think there's a phone number on there. Uh, you could also just text me. You could call me, text me. I'll <laughs> I did. Yeah, you guys did, so it worked. You know, uh, semiprowrestler.com or Marion Fontaine um, on Facebook. It's also semi-pro-wrestler on Instagram. So semi-pro-wrestler, that's pretty much the one social media channel that uh, Marion Fontaine will use is Instagram and, and Facebook a little bit. Uh, and then in terms of old wrestling, pretty easy to remember. Everything is at old wrestling with an E. So Twitter, old wrestling with an E, um, O-L-D-E wrestling. Uh, same for Facebook, same for Instagram, uh, YouTube, all those, all those social media channels that you, you all are talking about. I imagine no one's taken the username yet, so I'm pretty sure you'll be able to find it there. Uh, so yeah, we've got all the updates, all the show, uh, information is all there, you know, and, and like Jimmy was talking about earlier, we try to keep prices, um, prices at like a good, uh, level. And so, you know, at the show at the extravaganza general admission, uh, is $15 and it's $5 for kids 10 and under. So, you know, $20, if your kid is a fan of old wrestling or any wrestling, really, I should say $20 would get you, uh, in the door. So we try to do that to just keep it open to like, like we were talking about earlier, keep it open and try and get the general public to attend the show and see what it's all about. And then my method has been, also, you know, if there's a little bit of extra money in those fans' pockets, they're able to spend a little bit more at the merch table for the guys and girls that are selling their stuff. So that's what we try to do with our ticket prices. And, uh, yeah, it'll be a great event. And uh, if you're not able to make it, uh, you know, follow along on social media or, you know, places like IWTV, uh, almost every old wrestling show is there iwtv.live i know that if you sign up you get uh, a free i think five day trial but uh, it's basically like a netflix or a hulu for independent pro wrestling there's yeah yeah it's great yeah not thousands of promotions on there they're doing live events every night uh during the week pretty much so like if you're if you are a fan of independent pro wrestling and you're looking to find out about new names or anything like that I think it's nine ninety nine a month, but you're getting definitely yeah. your your money's worth for it. Totally, I'm I'm a big fan, by the way. So yeah, absolutely, yeah. All right, well, as we like I said, wrap up here. Want to thank you for coming on. We want to tell everyone to go back in time, 
and check out old wrestling follow everything on facebook um what facebook yeah facebook <laughs> everyone i didn't know if it was myspace it's just, the time travel thing has right. really got it's me screwed up a little bit yeah i don't know anymore rolodexes we don't even know now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly but like you said for those prices i mean you know all right, come on down, folks. For a little bit of money, you get a lot of entertainment. So there, that's my last uh, resume <clears throat> attempt there. So thanks so much, uh, everyone. Make sure you listen to the show and follow our socials so that you can see their socials because that's the ones that, that really matter at this point. Oh, and by the way, Marion, can we can we steal the semi-pro thing for podcasting and just be like we are the semi-pro wrestling podcasters? Yeah, I'll, have, I'll give you the affiliation. You guys, okay? Be, we can work that out. Endorsed as the, yeah, from the official semi-pro wrestler, you're endorsed as the semi-pro wrestling podcast. Excellent. I don't know what Dan's talking about. I'm full on pro over here, baby. So <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. We've had a few technical glitches that no one would have known if I wouldn't have said anything. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I still will edit it out. It's fine. So there you go. All right, Jimmy, go ahead and plug our stuff and let's get out of here, bud. Yeah, as usual, thank you so much. You know, Marion, we are GMBMPW on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everything else. If you find us on something else, it's probably because it's happened. I, I've always said that, you know, we're on YouTube, GMBMPW. I don't know that we'll ever be on TikTok, but keep typing in GMBMPW on TikTok and we may show up on there as well. So you never know, but hey, we appreciate you all for listening. Thank you all again for coming by the good old, give me back my pro wrestling. I, I'm trying to make it something old here <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and make sure and make sure folks to go ahead and, and, and buy war bonds. There you yeah, go. There you go. This episode is sponsored by the Dapper Hair Cream Company. Dapper Hair Cream Company. Dapper, yeah. Mixture. Yeah. I'm a Dapper Dan, man. Damn it. I know for this episode, I should have been Dapper Dan, man. Hey, how pissed off were you at the Sherlock Holmes movie that totally ripped off your idea? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah I mean, the suit's still out. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, I can't yeah, talk. Good. Okay. <laughs> you got an NDA on that? Okay. I my lawyer has suggested that I. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shh, 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 you know. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. We're out of here. Jimmy, hit him with it. Fight forever. You know, AEW is going to sue us for that eventually. But I'm going to sue them. With a tear in my eye. This is the greatest moment in my life. This has been a James Rock Street production.